Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Junk Time AFL Podcast, pre-season live show edition. We are coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who is furious. The AFL has rejected his LED screens. It's Adam Rosenbachs. Oh, g'day, Michael. G'day, everyone. How are we all? We all good? Fantastic. Can you believe it? I... I... They wanted this innovation. I said, I'll take care of it. I've got screens for you, right? Mm-hmm. I sourced the finest screens from North Korea mm-hmm. that money can buy, right? And the AFL have scrapped them already. The kids that built them are going to be fucking shattered. <laughs> at that. And, okay, there, there, was, there was one issue with the screens, is that they're no good uh, in the day and they're no good at night. Yep. But apart from that, and 90,000 bucks a pop, I thought they were fucking fine. <laughs> and also they can't be translated from Korean, so that's part of the problem as well. Players can learn, you know, it helps. Peter Bell will be sweet, but apart from that... Yeah. <laughs> I would do a really good job. Uh, yeah, so from what I can gather is they cost five grand a pop. Five thousand bucks for a fucking screen. For a small fucking screen. screen, yeah. What about a large iPad? Cheaper. I figure it's Cheaper the same option. thing and made by the same people. Can't they get a, can't they get a Kogan? A Kogan? Yeah. <laughs> There's cheap shit out there. Why is the AFL going fucking banging Olufsen? Yeah, sure. Hold up a big zoom, do you Well, think? it's because it's, it's Gil. He's like, oh, no, we're getting the, we're getting the good shit. Getting the good stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's put down the platinum Amex for that one, yeah. yeah. So they say five grand a pop, and then the first time in the JLT, they held it up, and they realised they couldn't be seen in the sun. Yeah. And so, therefore, they, they said, we'll scrap those particular machines, and each club, if they want to... Want if they want to. Yeah, they yeah. have to return it. Okay, so they're a bit like when you disconnect your Foxtel. You have to send the box back. So the AFL wanted to hold on to that five grand. I don't know where they're going to sell these screens. Like, if you look on Gumtree, there are probably a bunch of LED screens from the AFL right now. And they'll throw in a whole bunch of silver balls from the AFL. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so now, I suppose, they're going back to the workplace and they're trying to work out screens that may work in daytime. But if you're a player and... The, your number is up there to come off. You're going, oh, I, I didn't I can't see it. See it. Didn't I can't see, see it. it, yeah. Sorry, mate, I didn't look over at the wing. Why the fuck am I looking over at the bench? That's what you would do. And also, you're 120 metres away from a little tiny screen. Like, it's not soccer where everything shuts down and it only happens, like, three times a game. Yeah. Like, this is, like, a constant thing for the constant rotations. And so, I tell you what, we're going we're gonna to ask the big man, Nathan Buckley, about this. You reckon he's ropeable about and it? And find out what, what, what's going on. Should they do it on the big screen or like maybe does Captain Carlton come out in the hovercraft and go, mate, you're off? Yeah, okay. And then you can get in the hovercraft and go off. Yeah, sure. Get Tony Shebecki, the voice of the G. Yeah. It'd be this like, w- number 15, off. Craig, get, get, get Craig Willis. Craig Willis to get do it Get Craig in Willis song. to work more than one week in his fucking life, okay? He <laughs> can work the whole year. Just Craig Willis at the G. Number 50, Luke Hodge. Off. <laughs> Number two, Jared Ruffhead. Hey, uh, we've had run a... through all your favourite Hawthorne players, mate. Number thirty-three, Suru Rioli. Now we um had a we had a, a, a we have an incredible lineup. We had a 
kind of a bit of a game changer this week. But the fact we did have Grant Thomas booked on. And I actually genuinely wanted to talk to him about his innovations. He talked about making co-captains or doing overseas training camps, which he got lampooned for years ago, or 15 years ago, but now they're like de rigueur. Each club pretty much, aren't they? Well, they're like they're they've stopped now. Because it's such a waste of money. Well, because I think they fall now into the, the, the coaching cap, so they don't want to go overseas anymore. Oh, the soft cap. The soft cap, yes. Yeah. As opposed to the hard cap. It's my favourite cap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, we, anyway, Grant, on Monday, he, put, he, he contacted you, right? Yeah, he texted me and just said, oh, sorry, it's a long weekend, I can't make it. Yeah, sure. And I'm like... Well, let's get fucked. Redacted. He's never coming back on this show ever again. Yeah. yeah. Unless we, uh, a few go- uh, guests fall over. Yeah, a few yeah. dropouts yeah. late in the day. And we go, Grant, come back. In which case, you never heard any of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, should we get Panger on? Yes. Hey, let's... why don't you guys please welcome on stage our very first special guest for this evening. Please welcome from Front Bar from Nova Breakfast, it's Sam Pang. <laughs> Yeah. I can't believe I can't believe he didn't show. Just mate, he's got stuff on. He's away. He's What's away. He, he didn't say what he had on, he just said I'm away. You should have pushed very... him. You should have pushed him, Rosie. So what what where are you going, Grant? Can what I come? Yeah. Can what I come you... hang out with you and the eight kids? What would he be doing? Would he be down like watching the Birdman rally or something? I think he'd be caravanning <laughs> so that... somewhere. Hold on, by the way, that would... you you followed up and he just said I'm away. That and you that was enough for you. That's that's good to know next time. You ask me to do anything <laughs> that I can just flick back a text. Sorry, mate, I'm away, and uh, everything's fine. But I'm nice about it. I didn't want to get angry. I didn't want to make him feel like the low dog that he is. <laughs> so I just let it go. How are you, mate? I'm great. Thanks for it's wonderful to be here. And uh, can I go now? <laughs> you got something on? Nah, nothing. Um, I got nothing on. Yeah, I'll tell you what I was doing before I came here. <laughs> Actually, should I? I. I <laughs> This is what I was doing an hour before I started to get ready. Was I was at home uh, with my polo, all the polo tops that I own, deciding whether to just fold them and put them in a drawer or actually hang them up on a coat hanger. And, and that's what I was doing an hour ago. Where do you stand on that, by the way? I really need to know. I I would go the hang because it's got a collar. Anything that gets mm. you into the MCC deserves to be. <laughs> <laughs> deserves to be on a hanger. Good I'm kind of wondering with anecdotes like that if you could go now, actually. Uh... Shame, bro. That wasn't a big finish. I'm just saying I just thought I'd toss it up. Anyway, that was, I'm trying to be honest. You know, podcast about honesty. Are that you bullish about the Blues this year, Sam? No. <laughs> How could... I've so... got a lot of Carlton friends who, this time of year, what a wonderful time of year it is. They're so excited. We're one and zipping the JLT. Wow. We've got those chumps Collingwood tomorrow. Let's get our tattoos now. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, um, this time of year, though, Chambo, is really exciting because usually, obviously, we, you know, we're still alive. Yeah. Uh, You're not 18th we, yet? No, and we, we've usually just had a, a number one draft pick has joined the club. <laughs> yep, for the 17th time in the last it's 20 years. And then, um, so, you know, apparently he's all right. Walsh? Yes. yes. He's the so greatest good. player ever. Never played a game. Yeah, I know. And then and they always say, are we going to be right this year? And I go, I don't know. It feels as though if Carlton get everything together this year, we could improve to the level of being shit. <laughs> so you think we're a chance for 16th? Is that what I'm hearing? 
Pushing 16. Don't read between them. Don't, don't, put, don't put words in my mouth. No. I'm just saying... I think you'll have some great wins this year. I mean, it might be in the grand final sprint, but it'll be a great win. <laughs> hey, Sam, why don't you take us... Win's a win, mate. <laughs> why don't you take our audience through... Yeah, yeah, they get tattoo after that as well. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take our audience quickly through your illustrious football career? Because we have talked about it on the pod before a few years ago, but if you want to refresh our friends' memories, in the under-19s. Only went on 19. Yeah. Yes. Anyone here remember the under 19s? Yeah. 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 You had to be pretty good, obviously. To, uh, <laughs> who did you play for? Who was your local team? I played for Alfington in the Diamond Valley. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but it was all zoning back then. So I was just, you know, they were in Collingwood zone. So I, I just was going to be there if you were any good. I actually argue that you had to be pretty bad not to be invited down to, con- to under-19s training. They, they invited everyone down. Yeah, right. So it's like an Oz kick. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically, if you could hit a target, you stayed. Hence, I only played 14 games. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that was under-19s and then, then like, journeyman, you know, like um, Paran and Preston in the VFA. VFA? Yeah, Tongala in the Golden Valley. I think Sebastian- it's Tonga. That would have been cool. I, killed, I won the medal in the Tommy Tom. <laughs> I, I won that easy. And then just everywhere. But no good champ. It was just really a, a really bad player. So it was 91 that was your year in the under-19s? Yeah, it was the last year of the under-19s. Yeah, and you I made didn't know the... we were doing this as your life, by the way. I just thought we were coming out for a chat. But you made the grand final that year. Collingwood made the grand final and lost to Brisbane? North Melbourne. North it Melbourne. Was a North Mel- the last year of North Melbourne, was, it, was, uh, it was a Dennis Pagan coach North Melbourne team because... People forget Pagan was a junior coach. He was a superstar junior coach, wasn't superstar he? Superstar junior coach. North Melbourne were like a powerhouse. And then he, that was the last year of the under-19s. Un- un- and he, North Melbourne beat Collingwood. I, w- I didn't play that day. I was an, I was an, I was an, I was an emergency um, for that. And, and I remember actually on the Thursday night, Keith Burns was the coach. And I was, you know, we had a lot of mottos, that, you know, like controlled. It was mottos, controlled aggression and one in all in and... Well, that's not Sam, controlled, is it? Sam, you're not in the team this week. There was all these, <laughs> there was all these mottos. And I remember I didn't get in and I just thought, this is the last year. I'm, I don't know asking. I don't know why I didn't get in. Yeah. And he just said, mate, it's, it's, you were close. You wouldn't be training if you weren't close. But we just, we just think the two teams, it's going to be pretty evenly matched. It's going to be a war out there. Uh, not ideal conditions for you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and he said, but don't, you know, keep your chin up. Yeah, you know I mean, our, our, the, the, the way we're thinking is you're not in the team this week, but if it's a draw, you'll be fresh for the replay the following <laughs> week. So, you know, I, I, I was pretty positive about the whole thing. And yeah. then when you torched his car, was that with controlled aggression? <laughs> yeah, one in all in. One in all in. <laughs> well, did, you, ne- did you go to that game? Yeah, yeah, and I was at the game. Yeah, so I was went, there. I watched went, it. In the, it was at Waverley. Hmm. It was the Hawthorne versus West Coast. It was the last one out, out there. I was there at... We were there at... Eight o'clock in the morning, you know. In the old days, it was under-19s played, then the reserves, and then the seniors, which was great in winter. The seniors were playing in the worst conditions, you know, that they'd had two games before it. So it was really... Um, that's, they've changed that, I believe. <laughs> you know, Sam, if you'd hung around at Collingwood a little bit longer, you would have been a teammate of our very next guest. Ladies and gentlemen, no, I'm loving. Please welcome on stage the coach of Collingwood, Nathan Buckley! Hey, mate. How are you? Got there? Nathan. Bucks. Bucks, I'm glad you made it. You missed a hilarious anecdote about my polo shirts earlier on. (laughs) Anyway, you're here now, so that's good. I'm a hanger. Are you? Yeah. T-shirts in particular. You hang your T-shirts? Even T's, yeah. 
Is that weird? I hang t-shirts. That's pretty weird. Am I weird? Who hangs t-shirts? Time to go. Who does it? Yeah, time to go. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Do you iron your t-shirts? Uh, no, my, my wife does. Okay. Hey, Nathan, quickly. Can I very quickly ask the first question? Um, how much money do you make a year? I only ask because Wikipedia says that you live in a $50 million house in Turak. 50? 50. $50 million. I'm going to sell up. Someone's doing very up. well. No, I'll sell up tomorrow. Who wants to buy it? $50 million, uh, with a black pug called Big? He's dead. Oh. <laughs> this, is a black, this is black comedy, right? He's, What's going on? He's now, he's now hanging up next, oh. to, next to Bucks' polo top. That's great. <laughs> If you can't believe Wikipedia, what can you believe? Oh, poor little guy. He's going to bring up any of his other pets. <laughs> Superseded by a, um, a fawn pug called Mac, who is also dead. <laughs> and now we've got, a, um, we've got a little Jack Russell called Spike, but he's alive. I'm just going to ask. Can you change it up for me, Will? <laughs> just going to ask, is it natural causes that these dogs are dying? You seem to be tearing through your pugs here, Bucks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you do co- love natural your... causes as far as pugs are concerned. They, they both got run over, mate. They, uh, they just oh, no, God. no road sense. Hey, what? How good's my polo top story looking now? <laughs> yeah. Let's go on. Let's t- 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 tell us more run. about the polo top, Sam. Let's get them all lighthearted. Welcome back to the Junk Time AFL Dead Dog podcast. <laughs> I was in a good mood before I came out. <laughs> we'll ask everyone this. Is Sam Walsh the best player you've ever seen? <laughs> He's the best player I've never seen, and yeah. I will see him tomorrow. So. Oh, you got the blues tomorrow, don't yes, you? Yes, we do. And this is how serious you're taking that. You're here. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's a podcast. It's not about when it happens. It's, you, know, you can listen to it any time you like. That's true. Thank you. <laughs> I had to explain to Bucks where, what he was doing, by the way, when he got here. Yeah, so what are we doing? I said, what do you mean, what are we doing? You're, you're a guest on a podcast. He goes, I thought it was your podcast. <laughs> So, well done. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Do you want to ask first question then? Because, you know, it's your potty. <laughs> oh, well, Nathan, thanks for coming along. I've got a question. I've got a genuine question. I hear a lot about your uh, Italy trip and also last year how you, you know, delegated. Basically did nothing. <laughs> so what is there a... Is the fine line between um, delegating and, and stepping back and then being actually just asleep at the wheel. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the, <laughs> what's the fine line? Because, you know, last year was, a, you know, it was a very different year to the year before. Yeah, because we won a lot more games. Um, I think it doesn't really matter what the senior coach does. If you win, you're a legend, and if you lose, you're, a, you're no good. Yeah. So how, how close do you think you came to, you know, when they did the review? Going the wheel. <laughs> to, to, to losing your job. Do you, did you actually... Uh, did you, Consign yourself to being. Alrighty, Carol, is that? We're just having a good. <laughs> no. yeah. We're just having a good. Bloody time hell! Here. Uh, we got you to ask the little one. And he's so, yeah. this one. Rosie's arrow coming up in a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> you know, good call, bad call, fuck call. <laughs> anyway, Nath, uh, how close were you to the breadline? Uh, <laughs> Mate, he's got a fifty million dollar house. Uh, yeah, you're doing well. You're fine. <laughs> now, do you do you take all your information from the Herald Sun? Me? You know, I suggest you don't, Okay. Because right? it's not that accurate. Wikipedia's a little bit closer. <laughs> uh, but no, it's... Um, look, we uh, didn't have, a, didn't have uh, some great years, clearly, and I was 
um, through the review, I, my position was clearly in danger. And yeah, I had considered the fact that um, it was probably 50-50 of whether I was going to get the nod to go again or not. Um, and do you have to pitch for yourself? Like, do you have to go in there and say, oh, I'm, I'm, this is the projection that we're going on, or do they no. just not really talk to you? No, well, in the end, there's plenty of evidence there, and the review wasn't just about my position. It was about the footy, footy department in its entirety. And um, The boot stutter? Uh, <laughs> All the way down to the boot stutter? Because yeah, he's there he going, was what the way, fuck did I do? No, well, he just got through as well, and he's yeah, doing okay. a great job. Good, he's good. Just, he's killing it. That's, you, that's where you pick up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a guest. How many fucking questions I've got to ask on this thing? I want to take you back to... We were talking about the Sandful days back in the, uh, back in the green room backstage. So you played at Port Adelaide. I think it's 92. Port won a flag. You won the McGarry and you also won... Is this off wiki as well? Or you... Well, I'm right though, aren't I? No, you're right, yeah. Yeah, and you won also the Jack Oatley medal for best on ground in the grand final. Did you put an L in that? Uh, Jack Oatley, yeah. No, it's OT. Jack OT, no, no, okay. okay. There we go. You're an embarrassment. I'll tell you what... Wikipedia are going to get a strongly worded letter after this. <laughs> but also the idea that you've been recruited to Brisbane at the end of 91. So you went, screw that, I'm, going to, I'm not going to go there. Do you want to take us through the process of how you actually ended up there? Which version do you want? I want the truth and or the one that we can put out on the podcast. Yeah, so at the end of 91, I was actually recruited by North Melbourne to go to Brisbane in 93 and then to go to North Melbourne in 94. So they just... How did that work? Um, that sounds fucking well, dodgy. No, it's, it is. It was dodgy. And there was, there was some big sharks um, floating around the AFL environment at that point. Um, uh, Gubby Allen and Greg Miller were the two of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And they were the best recruiters too. They were the best at their job. So Greg Miller and North Melbourne saw me play a couple of senior games at the end of 91. Um, so I only played a half a dozen SNFL games. And... They came across and I was, they were keen for me to go to North. Um, basically signed up to North at the end of 91. Um, 92 played at Port Adelaide and then by the time that season finished, shit had basically hit the fan. Um, North were being exposed for not following AFL regulations. The 10 grand that I had in a brown paper bag was in real danger of having to go back to its owner. <laughs> and, and you maybe had spent it all apart from the brown paper bag. And did it generally come in a brown paper bag? Yes, it did. Yeah, yes, it did. And so that's off I, the books? I lived, like I, that's... I, I lived the dream, you know, the, whatever, you know, the young kids... Well, you were in Adelaide, so through. come on. <laughs> he, he bought Everything house apart it. from that. Um, what about this, though? When you ended... You played that year in Brisbane, and then it, we all knew you were coming to Collingwood. That, was that right? Did you? Oh, well, it, felt like in the, it was in the Herald Sun and on Wikipedia. So it was, it was but once back when Wikipedia was a book, that's right. <laughs> um, and then that first year. So how was the? Because I basically I knew you was the bloke who came to Collingwood and ended Craig Starcevich's career. Is that fair to say? Because well, Craig Starcevich yeah, Star, went Star, to Star. Brisbane along with Troy Lehman, and then also the Magpies got a first round pick number twelve, which was 12, Chris, Chris Scott. Scott. Bingo. Well done. Yeah, Wikipedia again. Sorry, I'm not a fucking genius. Well, this isn't the, the proudest moment of my life, you know. I, I morally have issues with thinking about the fact that I committed to North Melbourne and then had to, re- you know, or didn't have to, reneged on that deal um, when things changed in the next 12 months, legal, moral, otherwise, 
And you're, 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 thanks for doing this because you're bringing up potentially the worst page in my history and asking Sure. Me. Should we go back to the dogs then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your dog getting run over is so much easier to talk about. No, so there was a lot happening then. And I blame a lot of people for, for way, the way it happened. But in the end, I ended up at Collingwood. I had a great experience at Port Adelaide and at Brisbane under Wolsey, who I have great respect for and taught me a lot about the game uh, in that short short season. Um, but then got to Collingwood and, um, you know, have loved every moment there apart from not being able to win on the last day of the season. But what about when you did win, 2011? What's that feeling like? 2010, I'm sorry. Well done. Yeah, sorry. We won't go there What is, what is that feeling like? Count, you've you've essentially been... You've been at the club for nearly two decades and yeah. you've been probably the, the front man of that club for nearly two decades... What's that actually feeling when you do cross the line on that final day? Well, I just forgot about it then when I said we hadn't won on the last day. But no, it, 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 was, um, it was great for the club. Um, it was bittersweet, there's no doubt about it. Um, having, I'd been retired for... That was the third season I'd been retired. So you play 15 years, you play in a couple of pre, uh, grand finals and sort of lose by nine points in 02, get flogged by 50 in 03. Um, and then you sort of... You tail out your career. Three years after that, the you put a, the list comes together, the side comes together, and you win a flag. So um, I was a part of that as the forward line coach at the time. Um, but it is a little bit bittersweet when you contemplate the fact that you could have been on the field you know, a few years earlier. Um, plenty of players have been in that situation across AFL careers. Some guys have played a handful of games and played one or two flags in single-figure games uh, AFL careers. So. I would, uh, I've become very good at enjoying the journey more than the destination because that justifies the 15 years that I've spent without actually being a premiership mm-hmm. player. And so now on to season 2019. How have you changed, or, or what have you changed from 2018? Like, I imagine there's a little bit of tweaks around the club at all times. Are there anything specific you could actually tell us uh, to kind of, you know, keep improving? Nothing that's terribly funny mm-hmm. because that's what we're here, isn't it? Like... <laughs> Well, that's why you guys are here, and wow. I'm, I'm the material for it. No, I, mean, I, I think um, we, we change all the time, like we evolve all the time. And I thought last year, um, you know, the side we were in the middle of the year was much better and improved than the side we were at the beginning. And then again, at the end, I thought we improved consistently. I still think that there's a lot of growth in us, in the in the players, and, and in our environment. So we haven't changed a great deal. We're we're sort of we're speak, speaking about aiming a little bit higher as a group. Um, and we definitely, you know, I think that's the right attitude to take because we did a lot right to get to where we got to and to be competitive in the grand final, um, only to be pipped. Um, but we just need to do what we do a little bit better. So they're largely doing the same stuff. When Jordan Dugowie kicked that goal to put you two goals up in the last quarter, did you think, we're fucking home here? No. Because I did. No, no, I didn't. I didn't, but I thought if we can kick another one or two, we'll be all right. Yeah. But um, no, I think... You do have your moments, but it's amazing how the coach's box on a match day is just so focused on, you know, whatever's happening right now or what could potentially happen in the next couple of minutes. Is there something that we need to shift that um, is going to adapt or change the game in the next 15 then that, that we can get it on our terms a little bit more? It's just you're always on. You're exhausted when you go home after... a a game of footy with the mental energy that you um, 
you know, expend sort of watching and analysing a game in the real in real time. How quickly can you change something when you see it on the field? So you get the message down to the runner and he takes it out there yeah. and for it to, like, take effect, is it, like, two, three minutes? Yeah, minimum. Okay. It, it can take longer than that. Um, it's quite frustrating. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it can be. But, and we don't have runners this year, so the runners can only go out after a goal. Yeah, um, which for Carlton's big trouble. <laughs> Rosie, I don't even think we've got one this year. Yeah. <laughs> No, they, they can go out after an op- opposition, opposition goal as well, yeah. Oh, then they'll be out every five. All right, mate, that's... Oh, cool. That's oh, good. They'll be out every 30 they'll, seconds. They'll be out 37 times. <laughs> that's really handy. Jesus. So what do you think mate, of these... That uh, is unbelievable. Uh, I mean, we're talking about backstage. He called yesterday a buy. I mean, playing card, but he called it a buy. But what do you think of these LED screens? So we used them last week. No, we didn't. You didn't, gotcha. And that was a decision by you guys not to do it? Yeah, and we had no plans to use them. Yep. They were okay. useless. Because I... Well, the only... Actually, we had... We had... Sorry, I told a lie. You fucking liar. Because there was... <laughs> there was... Apparently, there was emojis. Now, I didn't see all the emojis, but my... Is there a shit emoji? Because if we're losing by three goals with 30 seconds up, I want us to put the <laughs> shit emoji Sure. Or, like, run a little bit of interference if someone's looking at, you know, just put... A smiley face. And oh, or if Dugowie bangs one on, you know, from his left, he put up the eggplant. <laughs> With the two cherries yeah. uh, as well. So just in case there's any... Uh... Hey, I've got a question for I'm you. I'm not. How long... You're not over mate. I'll, long, say, I'll sex you been... What about the water one? How long yeah, have you been coaching? <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been coaching Collingwood? How many, how many years now? Um, including assist, two years assistant coach, yep. and this is my eighth as a senior coach. Is there a succession plan? <laughs> because eight years is a long time, you know what I mean? I'm saying that do you want to get on board, you, Sam? Like, is that what you want to do? Or is that what you're aiming at? Well, I could, you know, go home, return, read favourite son. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every real home you know, coach, yeah. It's plastered all over the honour boards. <laughs> Can you tell everyone how bad the under-19s was? Like, how bad you had no, to I be? I can't remember. I, was, oh, I wasn't around at that point, mate. So no, I, th- I think you adequately told the story. Thank you. Another cracking <laughs> chat from you. Well done. <laughs> we'll let you go, Bucks, shortly. I've just got a few more questions we want to ask. Um, can I ask... We're fascinated by this. What do you talk to the players about before the grand final, like the, the, before the pre-match address, and then what's the post-match address? Word for word. What just the gist? Um, well, the gist of the pre-match was actually um, about trusting each other, about this is riveting, Sam. You, you're probably going to find it hard not to get up and want to play. If you say the word structures, I'm fucking <laughs> <leaving. laughs> Yeah. One in, all in. Uh, was that, we've actually spoken a lot about you know, giving all of yourselves, about, about being 100% present in the moment and being prepared to put it all on the line. So that was largely what we were talking about. We focused a lot on ourselves, a lot less on the opposition in the last 12 months. That was probably a big shift. Um, and after the game, I think I, I was... Most of it was blubbering. I was... When I sat up in front... When I, when I sat down and spoke in front of the players straight after the game, I had no idea what to say that was going to make it you know, that was going to resonate with them or make them feel any better or give them the answers that they might have been looking for at that point. So it was, um, as you can imagine, they're pretty emotional times. Um, but, um, yeah, we got through it. That that night was shit house. It was 
no good at all. Mm. Um, but when we got back together the next day, less than 24 hours after the game had ended, and everyone sort of got back a little bit, and you feel that camaraderie again. Well, I think we started, you know, we, we started healing or grieving um, pretty much straight away, and and um, that was pretty important for us um, before our BNF and and, um, and getting away to Italy, mate. But I think um, it, it's a, it's a bit of a whirlwind. Not all of it is um, is memorable, or not all not all of it is really clear in your mind because. When you get in those moments, you're um, you're pretty much flying by the seat of your pants. And if anything, you came out a bit of the hero of the whole day by the fact all the articles and stories after that were about you consoling Alex Woodward, the runner, or running out. What was your reaction when you run out and you see the banners imploded? Is your immediate thought to go and talk to the cheer squad? Uh, well, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think I've, what I, I have spoken and I said you should put all, all season 2019 we should just put a big plastic zip on the side I reckon just make it look just make a gag out of it and just keep running with it but um, I saw the cheer squad and they they quite clearly are probably a little bit unhinged about the way they view the club and the game <laughs> you don't have to use the word Joffa but <laughs> We feel the word Joffa could way. be used. In a great way, but can you imagine, like, it's probably, like, Vula is in charge of the cheer squad, and I reckon her worst nightmare was what happened yeah. in that 30 seconds at the beginning, before the grand final started. I'm pretty sure that she would still think that she's responsible for us losing the game. So, and the jury's still out yeah. as to whether it is or not. Yeah, mate, you're looking but, for every advantage so out I, there. I, 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 I suppose I understood that. That's why I got across yep. to them, and um, and and look, they they cop a fair bit of they cop a fair bit of flack. They have before. They did during it, and I reckon they've copped it since. But you know, for that little moment, I just wanted to know it's okay. Yeah. On to happier times. You've just released a, a wine. Oh, that's uh, right. Yes. What? <laughs> no, I, uh, look. Talk that, us that, through that. Tell, bu- the whole bucket. Tell us when, the sham behind that. The, <laughs> How much, how much will that go to pay wolf, off your $50 wolf, million dollar house? A wolf, ba- a wolf Blast sponsoring this podcast as well? Uh, don't believe so. Don't believe they're Is on Wolf, wolf Blast aren't sponsoring this Who? podcast. Wolf Blast. Wolf Blast. Yeah. <laughs> did, wolf, so, did Wolf Blast pay you in a brown paper bag? <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. No. So it, the, the bucks, He's going to go with Brown Brothers with that idea. <laughs> Easy. Easy. Wolf Blast. So the... You were at a function the other night, am I right? Yes, yeah, so yeah. there was a Bucks blend thing. So all they gave me was a bottle of Cabernet and a bottle of Shiraz and let me tip one of them into a 100ml jar at my own, you know, whatever I want to do, like 58, 42, you know, I could mix it up. Oh, you do the own ratios? That was the Bucks blend, yeah. So wow. It was a bit of, yeah. So the people that were there got to drink it. And it was fantastic, by the way. They should mm-hmm. really produce it. Oh, a, f- a 58, 42 yeah. would no, be. Yeah. <laughs> So much better than a 5743. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, it's, it's not in a cask. Come on. Yeah. So that's uh, that's So that's exciting. it, yes. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm the ambassador of the, the Wolf Blast contest or competition for 2019. And if you go and buy a bottle of their wine, Sam, at all good wine stores, 
you 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 can win uh, ten years of double passes to a grand to the grand final if you wish to. So it's, oh, well, that's it's a good. Should they have a Carlton supporter? That'll come in fucking handy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, mate, by the time we get to the end of that ten years, you might be there. Just I'll be dead be from positive. all the wine. Be positive. <laughs> <laughs> be just, just be an alcoholic. We say farewell to our, farewell to our, farewell to our good friends it? right Thanks, here. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Right. Nathan Buckley, Sam Payne. Thanks, Leeds. Enjoy your polo, Sam. Enjoy your wine, Nathan. Nathan has to go back to his $50 million house. 50 oh, mil. Bring in our next guest, Adam. Yes, let's get him out of here. You can do the intro. Oh, well, he's... Heavily rumoured to be the frontman of a new television show that's coming on our uh, screens very shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, could you please welcome the stage, Limo! Limo! It's Limo! Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good, thanks. I was in a conversation back there and then I heard my name. It's went... a who's who back there, Limo. It really is a who's who back there. I don't know why you're not getting... All of them on. There's Paddy Dangerfield's back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no room for him on the show, so. But he's a big fan of junk time. Now. And plus, you guys dragged me away from the fucking City Gold, Gold Coast. Coast JLT match. I'm a bit shitty about that. Well, that's probably why the crowd's a bit thin here today. Most of the people <laughs> yeah. you want to get back would to be it, glued yeah. to the screens. Now, it's been heavily rumoured that you may be uh, fronting a new TV show on Channel 9. What can you tell us? About yep. that. Yes, uh, married at first sight. <laughs> I, uh, no way. I've told my wife I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And I'm moving. So, which, which person with mental illness are you going to marry? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's just a two-hour cry for help, isn't it? That show. I watched it last. How many people watch it? Married at first sight. Yeah, so no one's would admit it. Fucking too many people watch it. So yeah, most yeah. people know what's going on. It's a, most blokes go. Ah, oh, no, the missus had it on. Just. Yeah. I just watched it from I just start walk, to finish. I just walked past for an hour. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, so I watched it to see what all the fuss was about. And yeah, it's deeply disturbing and fucking addictive. <laughs> and what about the JLT? Your, uh, your boys got rolled yesterday. You, you okay? Yeah, I was, pre- I was pretty cut last night. I was just talking to Smithy about it backstage. Uh, we had a 40-point lead. Which, you know, Clarko was experimenting, tried a few different things. Uh, like we went with 14 players in the last quarter, just to, just get in the head, you know. Get some um, ice kickers on. <laughs> no, so that was. Uh, I thought I was getting excited to be honest with you. When we were 40 points up, I thought the Hawks are on here. This is our year. We're back. We've had three years in the wilderness. It's time for another flag. <laughs> that's why, the, that's why people hate Hawthorne fans. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you for other reasons as well, but that. Throw that in the mix. Isn't the idea that your son's two years old, three years old, hasn't seen a Hawthorne Premiership? It's, it's disgraceful. I know. How do I? I mean, my boy cries, his, cries himself to sleep on his Jared Ruffhead pillow, which he does have. And, uh, <laughs> as do you. As, as do I. <laughs> I'm actually borrowing his at the moment. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring our next act. That's what we're going to do. Please welcome on stage three-time Hawthorne Premiership player, Isaac Smith! <laughs> There he is. There you go. Yeah, so hey, mate, going well? Going well. Can I, and I just have to front foot something here. I, the, the boys said to me, like, can you get in touch with Smithy and uh, see if he'll come into the podcast? So I got in touch 
Uh, Smithy says, yep, no worries, cool. Uh, so I give him the address and the time. What I didn't tell him is that it was being recorded in front of a live audience. Oh. So he turned up expecting to walk into someone's lounge room to record a podcast and it's people. So, sorry, mate, but here's your live studio audience. <laughs> They're very friendly. Be, everyone, just show how, Isaac, how friendly you are. <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you, Isaac, I got to tell you. I'm sorry, mate, start off bad news. Whoa, you're a Hawthorne supporter. Oh, I know. Uh, it's from my mum. It's from my mum. Oh, here we go. Not bad. Okay, my mum said, said she was watching JLT last night and she said you were walking off with the Richmond players and you were smiling a bit. You were talking to them, you were friendly. And she wasn't happy about that. <laughs> but also, my niece, 10-year-old niece, so I'll give you bad and a good. Uh, my niece, uh, I said I was going to do a show with you today and she said, oh, Isaac should meet me because I'm awesome. So, <laughs> so can you get address both those issues? <laughs> Yeah, I can. Uh, I'll address the, uh, the footy one first. Uh, I'm always smiling. Uh, maybe your mum takes JLT as serious as Clark, though. Uh, <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he, was, he was blowing up on the bench last night with about four minutes to go, and yeah. I said, oh, well, lucky this one's for eight points this week, and <laughs> four. So, uh, yeah, serious stuff, JLT footy. And... You're awesome, niece. I'm, I'd love to meet up. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. So, so Clarko does take it pretty seriously. Like you'll be going through the behind the goals vision during the week. Yeah, tomorrow we'll have leaders meeting tomorrow morning, and I'm sure he'll line us up and we'll cop it between the eyes. Have you? Did you play for Australia when Clarko was coaching? No. No. No, no, but no, I... That's my two months off from it. Because <laughs> I know Clarko took that very seriously as well when he was... Is that right? When he was coaching Australia, absolutely. Absolutely. He would get... I know that he would, he, you know, because he you know, he's a serious man, he wants to win. He'd be ringing players at just at various times, as he probably does with you in normal uh, life. Yeah, does Clarko, does Clarko give you a buzz during the week? Uh, well, he'll be giving Ben Stratton a few more buzzes now. I don't yeah. know if Strats will like that. <laughs> Lemo's good mate to Strats. Strats. Cla- I went to Strats' 30th, which was a great birthday party. I don't remember it. And <laughs> it was, uh, it, it, Strats had a great theme. The theme was Disgraced Sports Stars. It was a dress-up. Really? Uh, so everyone was really well dressed up. But what I found was Disgraced Sports Stars. Clarko went dressed as Strats. So <laughs> Isn't that funny? With, with the full mullet. Where, we, where is we, a party like that held? At, tell me in Revolver. Private. Please tell me Revolver. In Bernada, it was, at, it was at the Yarra in Abbotsford. Which, uh-huh. So Strats has a beer label called Noble Boy yep. with, with Joe Danaher. And the other bloke is Guy, who owns the Napier Hotel, who also owns the Yarra. So there it is. I'm just, I need it, a fucking whiteboard <laughs> to help out here. But, sure. So that's how all you've, that piece is together. You forgot to drop Sam Grimley's name as well. Uh, Sam Grimley yeah, is on the beer label him. as well. Sam Grimley's played for the Hawks and Essendon. Now, um, Isaac, why do you fucking hate AFLX so much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a poor move, mate. That was poor. <laughs> that was low. Pulling out of the AFL. Those poor kids. All they wanted to see was their hero running around in their favourite, <laughs> their favourite hybrid bullshit game, and you ruin these little kids. I was there, and they were there were tears. I put, where's Isaac? I put twelve thousand dollars for you to kick a Gatorade game changer. Yeah. I lost all that money. Yeah. <laughs> was it a, was it a protest that this year they didn't have super goals? I don't. Did you play it last year? I'm going to have to play straight back here. I can't give away why I didn't play. But, <laughs> no, because uh, the, the, the papers reported it's because you, you had a four-day weekend bothered. coming up <laughs> and you wanted to have a four-day weekend. Yeah, that was, was probably pretty, pretty straight down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Rewalt was into me last night. 
Because he was the right. captain of the team, Rampage. Yeah, so you were oh. on Rampage? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Sheesh, man, you could have a Rampage tattoo on your ankle right now. <laughs> Think about that. Go into the Rampage Hall yeah. of Fame. Forget about your Hawthorne premierships. You could have been a Rampage champion. That would, <laughs> that would have been amazing. How so did they you, take it? Like, when you said, I'm not doing it, did the, were the AFL, like, pissed off at you or anything? Yeah, they weren't pumped. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> was it you and Liam Shields or Luke Bruce? Luke Bruce. Luke Bruce, yeah. And what's the process? Who are you calling? Uh, I called my manager and said, mate, I'm not playing. Oh, so you've got to... <laughs> but then my, ma- my manager forgot to tell the AFL. <laughs> so then the AFL rang, my, rang Graham Wright, our footy manager, and, yeah, it was an interesting couple of days. All right. But, but in your defence, someone got to step in for you and had the opportunity to play FLX that yeah. perhaps wouldn't have got. Yeah, if anything, it was sure selfless. It was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was a selfless move for the kids, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Get the young kids playing the AFLX. Elo dog. Now, <laughs> oh, you're looking at me. Oh. I'm curious about you being drafted at a, a slightly later date than other people. So you were drafted at 21, right? So you were playing in the, for North Ballarat, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, and then you played a year in the VFL, and that was the year before you got yeah, picked up? Yeah, that would have been the year I played with North Ballarat. Yeah, gotcha. And so... <laughs> I'm not taking shit from this kind right here. <laughs> What's the process there? Like, you don't get picked up at 18... And are you thinking the dream's over? Or you think there's still a chance? When do they begin sniffing around again? No, I was a late developer, so... Uh, I think you all know what that means. Uh, I, was, I was small until I was about 17. So you grow a lot when you were 20 or something? <laughs> when I was about 17, uh, I took off. I was about... I think I started year 11 as the second smallest and finished year 12 as the third tallest. So mm-hmm. um, shot up then, but... No, I just went to uni and had three years of uni in Ballarat and probably had the best three years of my life, to be honest. Um, and then I said to my mates, I was doing sports management and said, oh, this is probably my last year of footy ever because I want to work in sports, so I'll be working weekends. And, and was um, one of the things you studied in sports management to tell the AFL when someone's not playing AFLX? <laughs> <laughs> is that part of the course? Crucial conversations yeah, yeah. was a part of the course. So really, you could be a, you could be a sports manager right now. Yeah, oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and he would pass messages on. Yes. Is that do what you want to do when you finish? Yeah, do you would plan you for do life that? after football now? Uh, nah, oh, I'm sort of. Yeah. yeah. Just finished my MBA. So, done my Masters. Um, uh, but what would you like to do when you finish? Would you go into coaching? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon it'd be all right. Uh, maybe live podcasts in my, yeah, la- in my yeah, lounge room. Right. Look, look, uh, they're very lucrative. Get 300 of your closest friends yeah. around. I do, I do own a restaurant in Richmond. Oh, yeah, what's it called? Jammu. Jammu? Yeah. Where, whereabouts in Richmond? Uh, Palmer Street, just off Bridge Road. This will all be edited out. Yeah. And I'm, what kind of... I'm, I'm not giving it a pump up or anything, but it's, you know, Malaysian, southeast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a bit of Malaysian, Australian, so... Uh, oh, that classic combo. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a bit of Asian Southeast Asian mix. Now, do you ever do you ever cook there? Do you ever go in and just jump in the yeah, kitchen? Yeah, I'm actually working just... tomorrow night. Are you? Yeah. So what are you hands on? Like, what, are you a bit like kind of Rocky in the later movies, where oh. he's kind of like more a host, just walking around nah, telling stories. Nah, I don't, I don't like, talk hey, to uh, customers. Hey, let me tell you about that day we kicked the uh, kicked the fifty minute goal of the twenty thirty grand fatal. You know? Yeah, I just pour beers and make cocktails. Yeah, go to the bar yeah, at the bar. Nice. Is yeah. there Hawthorne memorabilia around the restaurant? No, we've steered clear of the Hawthorne memorabilia. Right, okay. Mind you, I could have three medals up there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> three, you hear it? Three. <laughs> Boom. 
So me. after that, in that 2013, you could get famous going the last quarter from about 50 metres out, 45 degree angle. Rosie, you should watch the replay. You'll love it. It's pretty amazing. Kick the goal. You kick the goal from the exact same spot in the warm-up. Because I was there with Declan Fay, right? Friend of the show. Friend of the show. And uh, we were watching. When you were lining up, Declan turned to me and said, he fucking kicked one from there in the warm-up. He's got to fucking get this. And then you did get it. And we hugged. <laughs> and you put it through. But also on the run back to the middle of the ground, the captain had a bit to say to, to you, didn't he? Yes. What did he have to say? Uh, he just said, thanks, mate. You just won me my second grand final. I said, no worries. I don't reckon that's what he said. <laughs> I reckon he gave you a bit of a bake because you were carrying on like a bit of a pork chop. Yeah, it was my first premiership, so it was pretty exciting. But yeah, he certainly uh, gave me a bake. And Hodgie's got real evil eyes as well. Mm. Uh, so, in the, But to return serve to Hodgie... So Hodgie told you, calm down, we haven't won yet. Yeah. But if you want to return serve here to Hodgie, what did he say to the group... When you got out on the ground at the start of the third quarter in that grand final, yeah, this is a bit of a famous story in the Hawthorne circles. But Hodgie got us in after uh, half time, and so this is the game against Frio, isn't it? Against Frio yeah. in the grand final, and uh, Hodgie's not the best speaker at the best of times. Uh, if he was doing a podcast and he rocked up and all you people were here, he would have walked home and he would have told Lemo to probably fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> we all tell we all tell Lemo to fuck off, yeah. and it wouldn't have been the first time he's done it. But uh, he got us all in and he goes, right now, boys, let's hope for our kick the first three goals. And we're all like, what do you mean, mate? And he's like, you know, I kick the first three goals and we'll just, then we've got to dig in. And we're all sort of just looking at him. We're hearing crickets in the circle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, but Lemo probably tells a bit better. He wasn't there, but I'm sure he put some mayo on it. <laughs> add, a little bit, add a little bit of mayo to it. <laughs> yeah, you end, you end up kicking the winning goal in this story. It's a bit different. It's a bit different. They dominated that day. Now, you're in the uh, leadership group. Were you close to being captain? No, I think Strat's had that hand down. Yeah, okay. And what's, the, hand. what's the process there? So does the whole club vote or is it just a leadership group? Uh, a bit of a whole club thing. Yeah. So 3-2-1 yeah. kind of thing? No, not 3-2-1. Just one? Just one. Just is one. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking it? the question, how the fuck do they vote? Tell me, okay? <laughs> it's, uh, just, one, secret, just one secret. name? Yeah, okay. It's like, it's like the Vatican when they select a pope. <laughs> they, put the bo- they put their brown and gold smoke comes out. They go, oh, Habibus Papen, we have a new captain. <laughs> and how filthy with the merchandise department that Strat shaved his head after they brought out that fucking ridiculous <laughs> mullet hat? Oh, well, he made a hell of a lot of money off that, Hawthorne. Did they? Yeah, I think so. They sold shirts... Uh, hats, differently. Fuck with boredom. I don't know. People without mullets. <laughs> what happens with the merch? Like, do they come to you and say, hey, we want to make an Isaac Smith doll? Or no, they don't come like to that? me. I know, but like, if they do, <laughs> I'm coming to you now saying, I want to make an Isaac Smith doll. <laughs> yeah, but yours is life. I don't want to sell it. I just yeah. want <laughs> to get the tape measure out. I got it. I got, after the show, we'll line you up. I'll do a few things. I'll build it. And yeah. I'll have my very own fuck doll. Now, and, the point is... And, and you like, didn't need to say that last bit. But I meant it, with all my heart. Now, but what happens when they say the merch... <laughs> don't walk away, please. Uh, when they say, we're going to make an Isaac Smith doll, do they give you a cut of that? Like, how does that work? Do you get any say in the merch they make on you? I don't think you get any say in it, but you do get a cut. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say from it. <laughs> you just get a cut. Does Tim O'Brien get a cut of the 23s? Because <laughs> I tell you, when, when, when Buddy left, you go to Auskick and every kid was wearing a 23. Uh, yeah, for sure. Then unless the kids took off the two and put a three on there for Cyril. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it only cost half the amount. Is that what you did, mate? I know you already had cereal, didn't you? Because you're sad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do you think for the Hawks, 2019, Isaac? Uh, Yeah, I think it should be all right. Yeah? Yeah. Our first, our first half last night was good, and then we changed a couple of things up, and mm. yeah, it all went pear-shaped from there. But We asked Bucks a similar kind of question before, but if there's anything you can tell us, what, are there little differences that you've taken from 2018 to 2019, little things that you might change? Uh, not particularly. Maybe a few of the players. Um, but I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm going to just give you a straight-bad answer here, or... No, no, tell us like, <laughs> the most controversial well, thing Obviously, possible. I think we're going to go all right. But. <laughs> how, how much does a 666 change, change what you do? Like, uh, I reckon it's, it's good for footy. Yeah? Uh, a fair bit. Um, I was talking to Lemo out there. Ruffy kicked five last night. And so I it opens it up a bit? You'll see genuine full forward v full back contest now, which I think is cool. really exciting for the game. Uh, and then... It's not very funny. We're getting pretty serious here. That's okay. We can do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it'll just open the game up a bit, and it takes a lot more for the forwards and defenders to re-engage to the midfield. Yep. So you should see the midfielders with a lot more space. So blokes like Dangerfield and that should be able to run out the front door and kick goals. And, and will Tom Mitchell ever walk again? <laughs> oh. hey, hey, mate. He will. Uh, Tom Mitchell will play probably round three. He's healing very well. Yeah, he's, so. I, I did see that. He's, he's coming back quite well. Will he play this year or you don't, do they, they put a timeline on him? Oh, they haven't put a timeline on him. Yeah. I think they'll just go whenever he's ready. But uh, he was walking about two weeks after he was the operation, which he was, was outrageous. He was, a, he was a training. Yeah. Like, I mean, he wasn't running it was around. the first like drill after Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And wasn't there Tom Scully also getting back in match simulation this week? Is yeah, that right? he was. Yeah, I played on him on Thursday in match simulation. Don't touch him. <laughs> <laughs> you go right though? Yeah, he's not a bad player. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst injury you've had in your career? Have you uh, ever had like a stint of three months out or anything? No, nah, I've only missed a few weeks here and there just mm-hmm. with different soft tissue injuries. Ever had to go under the mm. knife? Uh, not whilst at Hawthorne, I've been lucky. Touch wood. That is very lucky, yeah. yeah. Just tap Lemo's head. Fuck yeah. There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Do you have a favourite grand final? Like the, of the three that you won? Uh, 13 was good because it was the first. Yep. Uh, 14 was great because Sydney beat us in 2012. Yeah. Uh, and 15, I got a kick, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is it, can I ask you, this is a story I've heard and I want to... No, if it's a true story. In the lead up to... Is this about me? No, no, but you would have been there. Yeah. In the lead up to 2015, you did an exercise where the players were put into sort of smallish groups of five or six, and the exercise was, Clarko said, go away and have a meeting, come back and give us three reasons, each group, why we're going to win the grand final. And the group Sam Mitchell was in, so everyone's giving all their different reasons. The group Sam Mitchell was in, they said, Sam, your group, what are the three reasons? And he said, Cyril Rioli, Cyril Rioli, Cyril Rioli. <laughs> no Is that a true story? That's a true story. Yeah, right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Have you had much contact with him since he left the club? I've sent him a couple of texts. Yeah? Yeah, he hasn't sent any back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, on that sad note, we're going to let Isaac head off. Thank you so much for joining us, man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause to Isaac Smith. Thanks, guys. And why don't we bring our next act? Adelaide Crows fan, Emily Liao.
Adam, how are you, man? I'm Michael, nice to meet you. Fun fact, folks, Adam won MasterChef Season 2, right? It is the highest-rating non-sporting event on TV of all time in Australia. Now, I did get that off Wikipedia, so... So, as we know, that may not always be accurate. But it was about, roughly about 5 million people, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, we got really lucky, because that was pre-streaming services, mm. pre, you know, fun things to do other than watch TV every Sunday night, so... Yeah, I don't, luckily, I don't think anyone's ever going to beat that because no, no, no TV show gets four or five million people watching it ever these days. Ah, the beep test, no big deal. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but thank you so much, John. Adam, you're a massive Adelaide fan. So you moved to Australia about three years old, am I right? Correct, yes. And then you lived to Adelaide, and so you obviously became a fan of the Cloro, so, so from 91, from the very start? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, sick. Who was your sample team? Uh, Sturt. And did you have like did you have a VFL team that you followed or an AFL team at that stage? I did not. No, it was uh, still a very new thing for us new migrants to Australia. The whole football idea. So it was. I think I was a Sturt fan because my best friend at school went for Sturt, and so I thought, yeah, good idea. Didn't know the names of any players. Didn't know any history of the club. Didn't know anything about the sport. But yeah, Sturt seemed like a good team at the time. Yep. And who's who's your favourite Crows player across the since '91? Andy McLeod, for sure. Yeah, he was, he was a very good footballer. And very did you get player. to the grand finals in the 90s? I did not, no, no. I watched them. And yeah. I, it was, no, not many people from Adelaide actually get to the grand final, yeah. no matter when it is. I mean, these days, if you've got a lot of money or whatever, you go. But I remember... Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but both 97 and 98, I remember we, you know, we were watching it at our, our friend's place and then... As soon as the siren went, everyone just ran down to the park and yeah. we were just all kicking the footy at the park. Yeah. And you saw everyone you knew because everyone had the same idea. There was no, like, no message board that everyone said, you know, let's run down to the park and kick the football after the final siren. But 97, every single person you knew was down at the park kicking the footy. And then 98, exactly the same thing again. And so, Leams, you would have been there at the same time as well in Adelaide. Or were you living in London? I, was, uh, I was in London for 97. Yeah. Because I, I remember people were talking about, like, it was almost like people just ran into the streets. It was just like, just this kind of chaotic, chaotic day. Yeah, I was... Actually, 98, I was in Sydney. I was watching it uh, at a pub in Sydney. So I wasn't in Adelaide for either of those. Yeah, flags, there, there, there was just some mild clapping at the end of the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People were getting confused. Um, <laughs> yeah, did, cool. you, did you go in 2017? Uh, I didn't. I was in Austria, actually, at that time. And oh, no way. So I'm kind of glad that I was. Watching it on a computer or something? I did. I was watching it at six in the morning because my kids are asleep in a hotel room next to me and then I woke them up with my weeping. <laughs> yeah. No, fair enough. Nice to return the favour because they've woken you up enough times with their weeping. You, just... you must have had a feeling that, like, because you guys, you were minor premiers that year, so you were flying. Did you think, yeah, we've got, we've got it in the bag, or like, when did you think it was falling apart? I, I guess I have to admit that. You uh, just, oh, I, actually, I, uh, I... Does, does this ring a bell? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those listening at home, Michael is standing like a fuckwit. Yeah. Um, which the Crows did before the game. The Power Rangers when, when you asked me to come on here, Adam, I didn't realise this was going to be such a personal and emotional journey. <laughs> yeah. What, did, yeah, you, it, what it, did you make of that power stance? Confusion. Like, yeah. this is the, mo- the stupidest thing you can ever imagine. And it wasn't just the Crows. You know, you saw Theresa May do it and half of the, uh, you know, the British uh, Tory party doing that at official events, you know, this, this weird kind of... Like power stance? Yeah, power stance. It was, it was a thing back in 2017. You know, people give the crows a lot of shit for it, but it was a worldwide kind of weird body language self-help thing that, unfortunately, the, the crows got caught up in. What'd they do for their pre-season camp? 
the sheep. Why does everyone in Melbourne talk about this so much? It is, it is the it. weirdest thing. <laughs> Get over it. Everybody in this bloody town. Yeah, yeah, they blindfolded them and played the Richmond theme song, but yeah, we're the weird ones for bringing it up. <laughs> Hey, do you want to take us through the Sandfield game, Adam? Well, yeah. Should we do that? I was yeah. just going to talk quickly, Adam, uh, just before we get to that, because we're, we're, we're obsessed by Matani chicken salt. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Because for us, we didn't know what it was, because behind the goals at Footy Park was always Matani. And if you're Victorian, you're like, yeah. what the fuck is that? Yeah, they don't actually say that it's chicken salt, do they? No, it just and says actually, Matani. If, if you see the branding of Matani chicken salt, if you're buying it at your local food land in South Australia... It doesn't have the Matani branding very prominent there either. It just has chicken salt in big letters. There is a little Matani logo on there. So yep. if you're there and you see a goal kicked to the south end of what was Footy Park, um, you would always see this, this big logo of Matani as the ball was sailing past. A beautiful thing to see if you're a Crow supporter. But a lot of people don't know what it is. And Matani was, as they say, the original chicken salt in Australia. I, I did some investigations writing for The Guardian last year, which turned out that it was not quite true. But Fuck you, Matani. <laughs> right, no. Yeah, wasn't there a guy who ran a chicken and chip shop? Yeah, so, again, I grew up in Adelaide, and my friend Jodie, uh, who I knew throughout high school, her, she was always introduced, like, oh, this is Jodie Brinkworth, her dad invented chicken salt. And it's just one of those things that you hear in high school that nobody ever believes. Like, oh, this is Jodie, her dad invented chicken salt. And you say... Clearly, everyone in high school is full of shit. But <laughs> it was one of these things where it never wavered. You know, I've known yeah. Jodie for, what now, 20, 20 years plus, And it never wavered. It was always Jodie's dad invented chicken salt, <laughs> devoid of any evidence whatsoever. It was just, you know, my dad invented chicken salt. You're supposed to believe that. So well, also, too, though, because if you're going to say you invented something, you'd make it something cool. So if they go with something like chicken salt, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like you know, that movie where they say, well, oh, we invented post-its? It was like that. You yeah, cannot yeah. prove yeah. that your dad did not invent chicken salt. <laughs> and if you just keep saying enough, you just believe it. But then I, was, I wrote an article about the origins of chicken salt, which I won't go into at this particular venue because it's a fairly hostile room. <laughs> but... <laughs> I wrote this article about the origins of chicken salt and I sort of relayed the story about how Jody's dad had supposedly invented it. And then I saw the next day after this article went out, it was quite a popular article on the Guardian website, there was a, an article from Jody's mum saying, I'm Jody's mum, my husband Peter invented chicken salt. And I was like, absolute bullshit. No, this this <laughs> cannot be true. Yeah. But then I, you know, I went on my Facebook and you can see who knows who and it was actually Jody's mum. So I called called up Peter because she'd left she texted me and left her phone number and I spoke to Peter Bringworth and he actually bloody invented chicken salt. It's so, unbelievable. So what's in it? Um, he gave me the recipe there off the top of my head it was like preparing Well he's soup. a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he did invent chicken salt. He did he ran a So ch- Jody's dad did invent chicken yeah, salt. Yeah if you So it's have, fucking true. It is actually true. <laughs> It was truth delivered as a lie, which I then didn't believe for 20 years, but now is actually the most brilliant story ever. But he, he ran a chicken shop in Gawler, which is in the north of yeah. uh, Adelaide, just north of Adelaide. And he um, basically... Chicken, chickens didn't really, chicken shops didn't used to exist through the 1950s. And in the very, very early 60s, he ran this chicken shop, chicken salt. He mixed it up in a red bucket in his garage because he ran a, a, like a wholesale business where he was yeah. selling spices and things. So it was you know, paprika, a bit of MSG, a bit of all kinds of things. You know, the yeah. stuff that you imagine goes into chicken salt is what goes into chicken salt. Yeah. A bit of motor oil. I mean, he's yeah. in the garage. <laughs> and he used to put that on the chickens. And then he sold his 
his wholesale business and the chicken shop and the recipe for chicken salt to Mitani. Ah. So they, they technically... <laughs> no one's ever made that noise salt. about chicken salt before. <laughs> we just had a room and we go, oh. yeah, it, It's chicken almost salt. like this, oh, I bloody knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Mitani purchased the original recipe for chicken salt from Peter Brinkworth and have been, well, if you talk to the folks from Mitani, they had a, a different recipe that they were using concurrently that nobody ever knew about, but yep. that's what they sell now. Do you, do you have a story like this for every advertising hoarding that goes the whole way around Footy Park? Because that's pretty... <laughs> do you, you know the, the Tim Tams ad from the 1990s, if we're going to go talking about yeah. the, the 90s, where the, the girl rubs a, a lamp and a genie oh, yeah, comes yeah, out yeah. and she oh, says, yeah. you know, I want a, a never-ending packet of Tim Tams. Yes, yeah, yeah. Do you know that was Kate Blanchett? You're looking at me like I'm lying, but I'm 100% serious. If you go to YouTube, on your phone right now, because yeah, we yeah. live in the 21st it's century. It's Kate Blanchett. It's Kate Blanchett. I know Naomi who wants it. Naomi wants it's the lamb ad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, dinner with Tom Cruise. Yeah. And she's, um, mum's cooking the lamb roast. Also, though, you'd, get, you'd just get type 2 diabetes if you had a never-ending box of tin oh, yes. That's true. I hope and the guess what Kate that. Blanchett has. Yeah, I hope the genie pointed that out. And now, now that I think of it too, Limo was the front person for Isonac 2.0 <laughs> as well, so... But you should do a destination flavour in Adelaide. Oh, there's a lot of food stories in Adelaide. You've oh, got, yeah, they, they you got your, down. your frog cakes. Oh, yeah. Frog cakes are good. Pie floaters. Yeah, men's. The, Classic. The 24 Hour Bakery. The Ying Chow BBC. Definitely. <laughs> can, can, I, can I have a look at this as well, Adam? Also, it says here, this is Wikipedia again, so it may not be true. It says you completed... You enrolled in university at 16. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So what do you mean? You skipped a few years or something like that at school? Along the way, yes. So you were very clever. What years did you skip? Um, the early ones that don't count. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a full-on nerdling with us right now. You're like Doogie Howser. Yeah. So what did you would have studied at uni? A, a very unsuccessful Doogie Howser. You know, I, did, I went to law school. I was mm-hmm. a lawyer for 10 year, 12 years, actually, before I, you know, cooked and did... Stuff like that. Cooking. So were you a chef before you won MasterChef? No, or you just, I'm not a dabbled? chef now. I'm not, I'm not a chef yeah. now. I just like cooking. So you're not a MasterChef at all? No. <laughs> Is your whole life a lie? <laughs> Why am I even here? You know? <laughs> That's a question every year. You're not the asked. first person to say that. Uh, Shall we bring on Jack? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, why don't we get on a very special guest? Hang around, Adam. You're more than welcome to. Liam's you're more than welcome to hang around. Yeah, don't touch me. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to bring on a very special guest. Uh, debuted last year for the Richmond Tigers. Uh, he became much loved by all the AFL family. Please welcome on stage, Jack Higgins! Perfect. Come on with your beers, mate. Oh, yeah, thank you. Very kind of you. How are you, Jack? Jack, are they yours or do you bring them for us? Uh, I bring them for you guys. All right. Oh, thanks, are mate. You, are you fully off? Do you ban the beers during season or do you have a couple here and there? Uh, a couple here and there if the boys are having them, but um, nah, they're fun. <laughs> a bit of fun. What are the what are your rules? Do, do they have rules around drinking, or do they just say be sensible? They say sort of be sensible, but you can have a drink when you want. So some of the players have drinks after the match to wind themselves down. 
In the in the rooms? Nah, oh, not in the rooms. Yeah, yeah, you're in right. the hotel rooms. Behind scenes. Behind closed doors. <laughs> behind closed doors. Uh, Safe. That's where you should be ever. Yes. At the nightclubs with the drink card. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be yeah. foolish to pay for them. I will have one of those. Thank you. How's your FIFA and Fortnite game going at the minute, Jack? I'm um, sort of off it these days. Okay. Yeah, I haven't been playing as much. I've got a girlfriend, so that's taking up most of the time. <laughs> We, we, we get what you mean. Uh, <laughs> there's still a joystick involved, I suppose, is the way to put it. What is with you today? What? Oh, you say you want to fuck Isaac Smith one time. <laughs> so you're still pitching yourself at just what, how your year's gone and, like, last year and how just, you know, you get drafted to Richmond, they're at the top of their, you know, game and did you... Is it just well, the, I think the, best, one, the best ride you've had? I think one thing people love about you is that you appear to be so excited that you're playing football. Like, a lot of people get in the game and they seem a bit jaded, like football is a chore. It's a kind of just a job and just doing it. But you actually seem genuinely thrilled that you are actually playing Australian football. Yeah, it's cool. Like, I've always wanted to do it when I was a kid and all that and just playing in front of 100,000 people. Like, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> fuck working in an office. I'm like... <laughs> And you, what, you make a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many? When did you debut last year? Uh, round three. Round three, gotcha. So you went seventeen in the draft, is that yeah, right? Pick seventeen, yeah, good yeah, research. Sweet. And did you know that? Did you know there was always going to be the Tigers, or were other teams talking to you? Uh, other teams were talking to me. I thought it was going to go Adelaide on the day of the draft, and then yeah, like I didn't do that. Preseason came very hard. Who did you who did you barrack for? Saints. So we, was there a part of you that wanted to go to St Kilda? Yeah, I really wanted to go to St Kilda like all, all, for, all for the year and all that, but I knew that was going to happen, so yeah, go to Richmond. And where did you grow up? So you played for East Melbourne Junior Football Club. I played for them as well when I was about seven or eight years old. Oh, really? Yeah. Do they still talk about Chambo down there? <laughs> uh, I, there's a big photo up in the, on the... Um, Change room doors. I think yeah. it's a yeah, so, <laughs> so, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. It says do not let in. Yeah. <laughs> so did you grow up in that area? Yeah, Caulfield. Yep, gotcha. Near the, near the race course. Oh yeah, gotcha, gotcha. I have been there before, <laughs> yes. This is more about you, not me, Jack. <laughs> and so then where would you play your you played your teenage football? Uh, so I played at East Malvern and played at uh, Oakley Charge in the TFC Cup. Oh, oh that right. challenge they call it now. Yeah, gotcha. Tonight. And you won the Morris Medal. You won for the best, kind of the Brownlow of the of the TSE Cup. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> How do they hand that out? Is that a function, or do they kind of give, just give you a call and say, "Here comes a medal"? Ah, uh, no, it was a function, but it was weird as I sort of knew I won it before, so like. How did you I know that? Of, did David oh. King tell you? Nah, nah, nah. It was actually uh, Damo Barrett told me. He gave me a call that morning, and that nah, I'm fucking the other. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, purple. <laughs> so where is the function held? I was somewhere. I got no idea. Do you know, it's like um, it's all zinc, maybe zinc. Okay, zinc. Second yeah. There is a Square. there is a venue called Zinc. Yeah, Federation Square. Uh, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And do they do the whole? <laughs> do they do round one, round two, round three? Or was it more just like a best uh, so they, top um, one through? Do around. It's a long time ago now. Yeah. Two years ago. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, He's had a lot of cast concuss- your mind back, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> He's had a lot of concussions, guys. Uh... Uh, um, they did to round 16, and then they did the. They didn't do any like votes to round 16, and I think they did the last six rounds. Yeah, and you came out on top. 
Did you, you uh, did you get up and make a speech? The worst speech ever. Oh, please. What did, can you remember some of the highlights? Because in our head, also, that would mean it's the best speech. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're... Uh, so let's deal with this one first, then we'll go on to another speech of yours. But can you remember much of it? Um, I'm, well, I remember walking up the stage. I said, um, who's that boy who does Idiot Stadium? He, oh, Marvel Stadium. He always changes teams, though, every game. You know the guy on the boundary line? Oh, at the... <laughs> At the footy? Yeah, the footy. Oh, like the voice of Etihad Stadium? No, no, no. The oh. guy, he's on the ground and he always does interviews and stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, right, okay. <laughs> he was... Ho- is it ha- like a Hamish McLaughlin or...? Yeah. Is it, is it not Hamish nah, McLaughlin, Hamish no. McLaughlin. But I know who you're talking about. He's, uh, he's always on the ground, does ground announcing, does interviews yeah, right, on the right. ground. Anyone reckon? Pete Laser. Oh, Pete Laser. Pete Laser. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, and he, yeah, I walked up there on stage and then it was the longest three minutes of my life and <laughs> I pulled out um, this sheet of paper and, um, yeah, just went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> pulled out a sheet of paper, went downhill from there. Because you made a great speech on Brownlow Night last year. First, yeah, yeah oh, thanks. The goal of the year. Yeah, the thanks. goal of the year, yeah. 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 That was, uh, and, the, and the highlight of that was, have you watched that speech back? Oh, mate. <laughs> I, I haven't watched it But I've been shown it From my mates A thousand times Because <laughs> that was when I think the line was You said my heart's beating A thousand seconds per minute Was yeah. that the yeah. Yeah. yeah The funny thing about that um, I actually didn't know I screwed it up And then I have my phone In my suit pocket In here And I just hear it Just go off As soon as I said that <laughs> <laughs> And then I just look at my girlfriend. My girlfriend's still in <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, it's a lot of pressure. You know, I was saying to the guys backstage, now, and this is, you might have, what I'm about to say, you might have heard heaps of times, but the one I'm going to tell you now is the absolute original. It was a 1978 McGarry medal. Kim Hodgman won the McGarry medal playing for Glenelg, and he got up, and in his speech, he said, I'd, I'd like to thank my mum and dad and my parents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Did, you... did it take the shine off, like winning the medal, uh, you know, winning the goal of the year, the fact that you threw the ball? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a fucking, it's an amazing goal. Don't let him I get away that. with that, Jack. <laughs> if you want to punch him, Jack, you can punch him. <laughs> nah, just talk to me ten grand. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Like, did, obviously, you didn't practice that, but just what? what do you even remember thinking about it or you just, it was an instinct, just get it onto your boot? Oh, it was pretty funny at the time. Well, not at the time, like, it wasn't funny at all. Um, <laughs> I was just going to run into the goalposts and I tried to keep it in. Yeah. I, tried to, I was actually trying to like handball it, but it ended up being an elevated ball drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, he kicked it. And then when they went to um, go review, I thought... Um, it was because I knew it definitely wasn't touched because yeah it wasn't touched. <laughs> I was gonna say something there. Um, yeah, I knew it was definitely touched. So I thought they were gonna go the goal view because it was a throw. Maybe they thought it was a throw. Yep. And now nah, it was a goal, so it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and did you think then you're like, oh, I've got goal of the year? Nah, not at all. I didn't think I didn't even think it was that good of a goal at the time. Okay. 
Well, I knew it was, oh, I knew it was pretty cool, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like any gold of the year sort of stuff. <laughs> and then after, after the game, I was on my phone on Facebook and I was going through and then I had like 100 notifications, 100 messages. And I was like, yeah, sick. <laughs> <laughs> is that, so is that the measure of a good game, by the, judging by the face, the social media? Interaction afterwards? No, nah, not really. It's just like, this is crazy. Like, people were like sharing it. People I went to school with sharing it. Like, people like, never speak to, or oh, spoken to, or met them once or twice at the parties, just messaging me. And like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And what is the social media reaction like after a game? Like, players talk about how they, you know, they might have a bad kick for goal and then all of a sudden think about the at mentions they're going to get on Twitter. Is that a thing you think about? Do you jump on? Do you limit your social media? Oh, I only check it when I have a good game, though. So, yeah. <laughs> Never want to have a bad game. I'm not going to get on. And is, get what's on. the preferred f- thing now for footballers? Is it Instagram? Is it Twitter? Yeah, yeah I like my Instagram. Okay. Do you follow me? Uh, no, I'm okay. not on it officially. I'm on it with uh, junk time as such. So, shall Please I like, look through now and see if we can follow you on? Have, right have on a, have, find the, the Insta. What did you do in the off-season? Did you go away yeah, with some to, of the boys? Yeah, I thought you were about to unload a story here. No, 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 I'm just, I'm just curious what, you know, because a lot of the football was posted on Instagram. About the, yeah. Do you get much like, traction on like, Instagram? Because, like, uh, you know, comedians get hate and, you know, footballers would get after a loss. Do you get it like, oh, that's a shit recipe or anything? <laughs> uh, or no, mostly love. N- never not on Instagram. People are pretty positive on Instagram. They're yeah, like, I cooked, positive, I cooked this, it? it was amazing. Yeah. But if I do write a recipe that did not go right... For somebody, I definitely know about it. Usually by email, like for really? some reason, complain. People who say something is good say it on Instagram. Yeah. People that want to complain about something want it to go directly into your head, so they will email you about it five times, saying that you know, I changed every ingredient in your recipe and it didn't work. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and what do they usually complain about? Like just go, it took too long, it was too hard. No, it just didn't work out. You know, you, you never know why. If, if you Recipes are not easy things to write because everyone's kitchen's different, everyone's idea of cooking is different, everyone's idea of the colour brown is different, everyone's idea of high heat versus low heat is different. So recipes are at best an approximation, Yep. Um, but sometimes they're more approximate than other times. <laughs> do you cook for yourself, Jack? Are you, do you live by yourself now? Nah, I've got uh, mum and dad. With mum and dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and you don't do much cooking at home? Nah, not at all. Do you do, you do anything at home? Nah. <laughs> and when are you gonna when are you gonna cut them loose? Come on, man! You're an AFL footballer. You're, you're earning the high seven figures. Um, I wish. Um, I'm sure. Maybe when I'm 29 or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do many do many of the boys live with the parents still at Richmond? Um, yeah, a few of them. Only the Victorian boys. I think they're mm. going to be about around 22. Is there one of those families that come and uh, people bill it? You know, taking yeah, a couple yeah. of players. Host families, yeah. Yeah. yeah host families, yeah. How many families would they be for that? <laughs> well, he's never had to use one, so yeah, he doesn't know. Oh, no, that's okay. Yeah, Why don't you just okay. go stay with them occasionally? Yeah, th- three or four, like, um, for the first year players. It's a wonderful question, though, you know. But I, th- I think a lot of people are going to go home and go, I found out there were three or four host families, and that, <laughs> yeah. was, that was a fantastic thing that I found out. But that's only after they've shared the history of chicken salt. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I want to give Jack a pump up though, right? Then this is Wikipedia again, so forgive me if it's not true. Talk about you um, uh, won a bet with your dad. Uh, I think you're about nine or so years old to kick with your left foot. So you're very quickly kicking on your opposite foot. 
You weren't named in a Victorian 50-player squad at under-12 level, and it quotes, he immediately went to the park and ran 200-metre sprints in an effort to improve his attributes. And then also when you left school, you spent part-time um, working with the AFL umpires development manager? Yeah. What was that? What did that involve? Working with the umpires or...? Yeah, so I was just doing, like... Because I was terrible at school. I was going to stay there, was I? Um, uh, yeah, so I was working with the AFL umpires and that nah, was pretty cool, just, like, going to the vision and, like, coding it and all that and sending it off to them. Like, I would... Because I train, like, never go to training, but I was working in their head office and stuff and I wasn't really working with the AFL umpires. I'd be working with, with AFL House. I was working with, like... I, was, I had a day with, like, Gil McLaughlin. Gil? Gotcha. Gil McLaughlin, uh, yeah, mate. That's cool. What's old Gil like? Nah, he was pretty chilled. He didn't even know my name, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he forgot my name, so... Nah, it's all good. Just walks in, hands you a bottle of Pinot Noir from his I own wish. vineyard. <laughs> I wish. And so, does that mean it works well with you for the umpires that you're on a first-name basis with and they know who I, you are? I, I don't know any of them. Oh, OK. they work at, at night and I work during the day. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, you were famous for your uh, half-time speeches that you gave to the players before you are about to kick off half-time. What... what can you remember what you said to the boys when you were playing Sydney? That, that's the one that people seem to focus on the most. Dusty was pissing himself. Grimes was pissing himself. Can you um, remember the gist? Can you give us a gist of what you said? I think it was something about Sydney and the Sydney Harbour Bridge and Lance Franklin. I could not remember. It was, it was all of them three mixed up in a row. So right. I've got no idea. <laughs> and you do it about the, the city that it's from, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And so do yeah. you do research or...? Nah, nah, just off the top right. of and, and Normally when I say it's really bad research as well, it's yeah. like... Because yeah. I've heard something along the lines when there was the Bombers halftime huddle and you said something along the lines of, let's send them back to the airport. Would yeah, that be... Nah, it was... Could I'll that be right? It. Let's send them back to Tyler Marine. Yeah. <laughs> On the A380. And how did that come about? How you kind of got a, got a bit of a chance to address the boys before... Running out again, or while you're on the field. So I did not hear what you said. How did it come about? I know people are laughing. Uh, how did it? How did it come about that uh, you got to be the one to address the players? Um. Well, my first game, or oh, JLT this time last year, I didn't play the first half, and coach is a bit like, weird about it. So coach is like, I didn't play the first half, and I came on, and it, I was a bit fresh, and it was like a sticky hot day. And yeah, I said something funny at halftime, and all the boys loved it. And just, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it is so cool. Is that, so is that a is that a lock now that you would say something, or just oh, when you no, feel no, the flow? Really, like ever since um like the media got a hold of it and stuff, I don't really like say it. I say it in like maybe like a big occasion when everyone's a bit stressed before the match. Yeah, yeah. not ne- never really a halftime because I know like there's gonna be something on me, or like I don't want to be lip read or anything. To break the tension a bit, maybe. <laughs> Is that the idea, to break the tension a little bit? Yeah, break tension, yeah. So Hold to on. kind of show people, hey, it's a, it's a game. We're meant to go and have fun. Yeah, it was good. Uh, the other week played AFLX. Isaac Smith didn't play. Heard, heard yeah. a little chat about that. Um, Did you love it? Sorry? No, it was good fun. Yeah? Uh, it was good playing with, like, Fifey and um, nicknamed Bassus now, man, Fifey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Pendleboy and stuff. And I thought, did I have a bit of a... Uh, and what did you wear? Thing. What did you wear on the entrance parade? See, I was real low-key. I just had, a, had some jeans, had some shoes and a T-shirt, and that was it. Jeans and shoes? <laughs> Fuck. <Yeah. laughs> did Alex Rance did tell you t- about how he was planning on coming in on the, on the hoverboard and the headphones? No, I, I, saw, him at, I saw him at the hotel... Day before, yeah, day, and it had his skateboard in, and I was like, "What the hell are you doing with the skateboard, mate?" Yeah, I was like, 
And he's like, nah, mate, just you wait. <laughs> Hang on, you saw him at the hotel. You were playing at Marvel. Why? Yeah, yeah, like, we all just stayed at the hotel. Like, so they get, oh, like, so you could bond. Yeah, bond stuff. And I, was, I ended up in his room at, like, 12 a.m. just riding your skateboard around the room. Like, because it was like... Um, mate, that's not good prep for AFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a skateboard that rides itself. Like, you have, like, a little... You know what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was on his head. <laughs> yeah, he had a little controller in his hand and he was using that to, to make it go forward. So they have remotes, do they, those? Yeah, yeah. So I was just riding around in circles around his bed. Yeah, yeah. Him, <laughs> We'll wrap it up shortly. Any, any, do we want to open up to a Q&A or two? Oh, <laughs> sure. Anyone got a question for Jack or...? I've got a question for Limo. Question for Limo. Hello. Is there going to be another Utopia, Limo? Yeah, at best there will be season... You'll see season four later this year. Woo! Yes. Second half of the year. Wow, our first yes. question without notice from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we're pumped. I want to know generally, Jack... Well, we will finish up very shortly. What is it like? So the prelim this year would have been the biggest crowd you played in front of, do you think? Yeah, I think That's so. close to 100,000. What is it like just to run out in front of 100,000 people? And then during the game... Can you hear them? Do they actually impact your decision making or anything like that? Not really. Um, the crowd's like, well, you point at 100,000, it's normally um, boos or clapping, so sort of no. But if we play like a massive Richmond game, sometimes you can't hear. But it's, it's pretty, sometimes it's pretty easy to hear. Like, it's not does it odd. sound different if it's like a 75,000 person crowd or a 100,000 person crowd? Yeah, it does. Just a bit like. Especially, like, the good thing about playing 100,000 people, and if you're playing for, especially if it's a Richmond home game with some more Richmond fans, if you've got the football, like, you know you're going to be hot. So if the crowd goes, oh, like, hey, yeah, let's hold the ball, ball. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm calling out to you from 50 metres away, can you hear me? I think so. I can't remember. Like, yeah. It's been a pretty, pretty long time ago since yeah, I played sure. last, so... Sure. You weren't taking notes in your head. I better remember this if they ever go on a podcast that's on a yeah. stage. <laughs> Chamber's going to ask me about this. <laughs> and how do you think the Tigers will go this year? You're, you're going to be in the grand final, you think? You've got Tom Lynch now. Has he settled in nicely? Nah, Tommy, um, good fella. Uh, hopefully he has his Gold Coast form because he's gone up there. Um, yeah, hopefully we go right this year. We... Were you a bit disappointed they didn't make the grand final? Like They won one the year before and then you go, come on, guys, yeah, fucking help me I was, out. I was a bit flat, one year yeah. too late, but... yeah. <laughs> Just like, just like I was one year too f- uh, late when I was um, born. I wanted to be born one year too early, sorry. I wanted to be born in 2000, so when I get older, I'm going to be said, oh, it's 2090. How old are you? 90. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think on that note, we'll wrap things up, folks. Thank you so much for attending tonight. Please give a round of applause to our guests, Limo, Adam Liao and Jack Higgins. Come back to the Comics Lounge and thank you again so much for welcoming us into your hearts, the Junk Time Apple Podcast, presents a live show. Go Hawks! Go Blues!
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.